And today we are continuing our series, The Fruit of the Spirit, and we are looking at the nine qualities uh, you can see in a Christian who is walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, what are those qualities? Well, just let me put this up on the screen. Um, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are beautiful qualities that the Holy Spirit has given to us. And these qualities are developed by walking in the Holy Spirit as well as intentionally cultivating each of this quality by practicing it daily. I mentioned when I was speaking in the beginning of this series that if somebody give you a, a, a plant, a fruit tree, uh, if you take it and you put it in the backyard and never care for it, you cannot expect any fruit produced after 12 months. It won't come. So it's important that we cultivate and uh, we nurture, we allow that tree to grow to be able to bear fruit. And so it's the same way that the Holy Spirit has given all these wonderful gifts to us, this wonderful fruit to us, but we really need to um, cultivate this and we need to nurture it and we need to practice it in our lives. So today we're going to talk about the third quality mentioned here, that is peace. Well, I think if any quality that is needed in our lives today, it is the quality of peace. Would you agree with that? It is the quality of peace. We need peace in our lives we need peace in our homes. We need peace in our community. We need peace in our workplace. And of course, we need peace throughout the entire planet. You know, often people often say, oh, you know, what, what do you love to see? You know, if you, some celebrities, some sports people, or somebody, somebody asks when they're interviewing, what do you want, you know, in life? He said, oh, world peace. It just becomes some, some sort of a cliche, isn't it? We just, oh, world peace. But they don't know what they're talking about. You know, world peace can never happen unless there is peace with God and peace within ourselves. And so we need to pray that God transform people's life and have peace in their hearts so that we can, as a community, as a world, that we can experience peace in our lives. Apostle Paul said, when you're walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, your life will be defined by peace. Not turmoil, not turbulence, not rage, not revenge, but peace. There are two things we need to know about peace. Number one, peace is God's promise. Peace is a beautiful promise from God. Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? Peace. God wants to fill your life with peace. That's a promise. That's a guaranteed thing that God said. I want to give you peace. It is my promise to you. I will give you peace. And the second thing that we need to know about peace is peace is also God's command. Peace is God's command. Look at this verse in Romans 12, 18 says, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. That is a command that God has picked from us to live in peace with other people. I can say from my own experience that if you do your part to live at peace with everyone, it will make a huge difference in your life. And I found that in my life over the years. You know, there's all kinds of battles. There's always stuff happening. Always people don't like what you're doing or whatever it may be. But if you make an effort to live at peace with other people, then you will be able to sleep well in the night. You will be able to relax in your life. 
And so that is an important thing. It's just a God's command. It's a requirement from God that we live at peace with everyone. So today, what we want to do is to talk about three steps we need to take every day in the direction of peace. Uh, let me say that these are practical sermons that we preach here. So these are things that you can apply in your life. It's not stuff that, uh, you know, we talk about here and nobody knows what's, what's going on. But we want to give you practical stuff, how we can apply all these qualities, how can you apply in your daily life. So, you know, write some notes and apply that in your life if you want to experience peace of God in your life. So, three things. Step one. Number one step is peace is something you need to receive. Peace is something that you need to receive. Experiencing the peace of God is not a passive process. You can't just wait for it to come over you and take control of you in life. You really need to um, do what Apostle Paul, Peter said, you must seek peace and pursue it. It's not just going to come to you. You just wake up and expecting this is going to wash all over you. No, that's not going to come. You have to pursue it. You have to seek it. The Bible says we have peace with God, not because of anything we have ever done in our lives or in our own strength, but because of what his son, Jesus Christ, has done for us. That's the, that's the source of peace. That is the beginning of peace in your life. Romans 5.8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died. While we were still in kind of sort of a battle with God, in a war with God. And Jesus Christ came and died for us. You see, Jesus Christ bridged the gap that existed between you and God by dying on the cross. He brought peace into that relationship. Christ does all that he can to give you peace. But let me say this, but it is up to you to receive his peace, to act upon it, to live in it. You know, Christ can say, I want to give you this peace, but you just say, no, I don't need peace. You know, I want to do my own thing, in my own way. Then you can't experience God's peace in your life. It is something that you need to receive. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 said, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have what? Peace with God. Just circle that phrase somewhere. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The phrase, we have peace with God, also can be translated, let us have peace with God. Let us have peace with God. In other words, accept it, receive it, don't resist it, embrace the peace God is offering you. Now, how do you do that? How do you receive the peace? How do you experience this peace on a daily basis? There's a verse in the Bible, in the book of Isaiah, uh, that tells us how do we do it. Let's read it together, right? Huh? Um, okay, ready to read it? Read it with me. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. That is a beautiful verse to memorize, my friends. You see, when you fix your thoughts on God and his presence in your life and his goodness and his mercy and his love and his grace, peace comes your way. You see, we often lose our peace when we focus our thoughts on others or on our problems. Would you agree with that? Or is it really me? When we take our eyes off Jesus and then we put it on other people 
about our circumstances, all our problems around us, we will definitely will lose peace. We will definitely lose peace. And a very good example of this from the Bible is the story of Peter. You remember the story of Peter? One day Jesus was walking on the water and then Peter got really excited. He said, I can do this. I want to walk to us. So Jesus said, come. And so Peter got out of the boat and he started walking. Amazing, isn't it? You know, I mean, that Peter had never done that before. First time ever walking on the water. So he's taking the step and, you know, looking at Jesus and walking, walking towards him. I'm sure suddenly he thought, man, I'm a great guy. You know, look at all this other, other bunch of disciples. They're just sitting on the boat. You know, I'm a privileged guy. I got, you know. So he started kind of getting a bit of a distraction. Started focusing on himself. And then he took the eyes of Jesus and started looking at these huge waves around him. And he said, man, look at this. This could swallow me up. I could go down. And so he started looking at the problems. He started looking at everybody around. And he started focusing on himself and took his eyes off Jesus Christ. And you know, the Bible says the moment he did that, what happened? He started going down. His eyes were not on Jesus. His eyes were on everybody else. And that's what happened in our lives. When we take our eyes off from Jesus and focusing on our problems, focusing on our other people, focusing on our circumstances, focusing on our problems, we are going to lose our peace. We're going to lose our peace. We, we become more um, upset and angry and we go through all those other emotions in our lives and we start sinking in our lives. Now let me say this. If you want to walk on water, you need to have your eyes fixed on Jesus. It is when we focus on our problems, when we focus on other people around us, when we depend on others, we are going to lose our peace. You know why? Because other people are going to disappoint you. Other people are going to hurt you. Other people are going to take advantage of you. But if you focus on Jesus, he will never, ever disappoint you. I can guarantee you that. He will never disappoint you. He will never abandon you. He will never hurt you. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He said, even if your father and mother forsake you, I will not leave you. I mean, what, what, what other guarantee that you need? That's an amazing God. He said, I've loved you with an everlasting love. He's an amazing God. He's an amazing God, my friends. We need to take our eyes off from other people. We need to focus on Jesus Christ. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 8, he said, the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. He's saying if you want to experience the peace of the Holy Spirit, put your mind on God. Think about Him. Spend time in His Word and allow the Holy Spirit to control your thoughts. And that needs to happen on a daily basis. We need to read the word of God and we need to allow the word of God to renew our mind, renew our thinking pattern. And this is what it does. The Bible does that. 
I mean, if I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is to turn the radio on, you'll hear all the bad news. And you'll hear all the people whinging about different things. Then you go and turn the TV on, you have the bad news Australia. You hear all the bad news, isn't it? And then you get on the train, you buy a newspaper and you start reading, it's nothing but bad news. Then you go to work and people say, oh, did you hear this? It's all bad news. No wonder that you come home absolutely tired and frustrated and depressed. You know why? Because you've been hearing the bad news. You haven't heard the good news. If you would have started on this good news in the beginning, if this is the focus, that will change your attitude throughout the day. And if you meet Jesus Christ before you meet anybody else when you wake up, that would have made a difference in your life. That's what this Bible is saying. We need to renew our thinking if you want to experience the peace in our lives. Peace is not going to just to come in your life if you sit there and say, Om, Om, you know. It's not going to come. It's only going to come when you really pursue it and seek it and say, how can I receive it? You know, when I meditate on the word of God, God gives the peace in my life. It gives, change my mindset. So, that's how you receive God's peace and cultivate its growth in your daily life. Here's the second step we need to take in the direction of peace. That is, peace is something you need to share. Peace is something that you need to share. Peace is something you must share with other people. But let me say this, it is impossible to share with others what you have not experienced yourself. Would you agree with that? I cannot give to other people something I don't have experienced. I cannot give peace to somebody if my life is in turmoil all the time. If my life is always, you know, just out of control, I cannot give peace to other people. That is why the step one is very important. As you go through the day with your mind stayed on Jesus Christ, you will be able to share his peace with other people. Because that's where it's come from. You walk with the Holy Spirit. You walk in the Holy Spirit. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You study the word of God and change the mind. And then what happens when problems comes in your life? Suddenly what's happened? You, you remember those verses that you read in the morning. And that will come into your mind. And that begins to change your mindset. Renewed by that. So, so as you go through the day, with your mind straight on Jesus Christ, you'll be able to share his peace with others. In the verse I quoted earlier, uh, Romans 12, 18, Paul said, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And this is why I said that peace is not merely a promise. It is a command from God. It is a requirement. Now, let me say this. In every family, in every workplace, in every, you know, schools or colleges or university, wherever you are, in every church, you will find people who love to incite conflict. Would you agree with that? Hello? Or you may be living in some world that I don't live, you know. 
Now they will put out, point out what's wrong with you and they will remind you of all the mistakes that you have made in the past. And the temptation, of course, is to respond in the same way. Isn't it? Now I see, I don't know whether you noticed that in recent months, you know, whenever I watch the news, I see this silly, you know, road rage going on. People getting out of the car, punching each other and, you know, and uh, taking a hammer and all that, you know, destroying somebody's car. It's crazy. Hello? Why are people doing that? It's just because somebody cut that person off or somebody didn't give way to that. And people just revenge. People just retaliate. So it's so many people are getting killed by that. People shooting each other. It's because they, that's, that's their response when they're attacked. So, but look at what the Bible says in first chapter, first Peter chapter three. What should be our response? How do we respond to those situations when people accuse you, people criticize you, people throw mud at you, when people, you know, cut you off the traffic? This is what you do. Look at this one. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with what? Blessings. Because to this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. Now anybody can repay evil with evil. And anybody can insult, uh, repay insult with insult, isn't it? I mean, you don't need to be pretty smart to do that. That's what most people do. But only, listen to this, only those who are walking with the Holy Spirit can repay evil with blessings. This attitude of sharing peace with others is about choosing the path of peace. Choosing the path of peace at every turn in your life, my friends. It is about refusing to retaliate. And let me see that we, we have this opportunity every day. Maybe hundreds of times we'll have this opportunity on a daily basis. Whether you can choose the path of peace or you can choose the path of conflict and retaliation. And what are you going to choose? Are you going to retaliate? Are you going to get back on that person? Or are you going to say, well, that's it. I'm not going to retaliate. I'm going to uh, repair this person with blessings. You know, the Bible says that. Bless those who persecute you. Pray for those who give you a hard time. Do you do that? When somebody does something wrong to you, would you just do Say, God, please bless that person. Or do you say, next time when I see you, you know, I'm going to finish you up. You know? What about in your home? How do you, how do, you do that? When your partner or somebody else in your, in your home that they do something wrong. They hurt you. Do you hurt back at them? Or do you say, no. I just want the peace of Christ take control of this situation. Look at this verse, Romans chapter 14. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Sometimes it means holding your tongue. Sometimes it means changing the subject. Sometimes it means speaking 
a blessing. That's what we need to do. Sometimes just walking out of the kitchen or doing something different. Do something different. Take yourself away from that situation. You know, like somebody said, if you're really angry, you know, if you're angry, count 10 before you speak. Somebody hurt you, say, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then said, if you're really angry, count up to 100 maybe, you know. But then said, if you're really, really angry, just keep counting. <laughs> because I think that, that space, that little time that you have in between, you know, that's a big thing. Most of us, we react so quick. Isn't it? That's what we do. But if you can just allow that time, just to, just to, just to count up to 10 or 100 or, you know, keep counting and just get out of that situation. Give a bit of a cooling period. You know, when you go and sign a contract, house or something you buy, you know, and they always give you this thing called cooling period. I like that word, cooling period. We all need a bit of a cooling period in our lives. Isn't it? Just a cooling period. And that will help us. And that will help us to, re, you know, reassess the whole situation and say, how am I going to uh, deal with this situation, the pe person who is hurting me? Can I do it a godly way? In a way that is not going to destroy that person, but in a way that is going to lift that person up, build that person, help that person to understand God's grace. The fruit of the Spirit is peace, it is something you must receive. It is something you must share with others. And number third step is this. Peace is something you need to create. Peace is something you need to create. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. You know, what a beautiful title. I was reading that I thought, what a beautiful title given to peacemakers. The sons and daughters of God. That is a very honored position, you know, a title to give. And if you are a peacemaker, that's what God will call you. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Because you are a peacemaker. I love that. You know, that God gives such a high honor for that peacemaking process that we go through in life. When you're actively and intentionally become a peacemaker, you are reflecting the character of God. You are just acting like God. You are a child of God when you are really actively and intentionally pursue peacemaking. Our goal in our relationship is not to put people in their place. Our goal is to help them move up in the direction of God's grace. That's our responsibility. Not put people in their place. That's what most of us want to do. I'm going to put you in your place. But rather than say, how can I help this person to move forward, up in the grace of God? What a beautiful thing that can happen when we do that. There's a verse in Isaiah that I really love this verse. And it says, Isaiah 58, verse 12 says, you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of 
streets with dwellings. Now that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to repair the broken walls. He wants us to be the repairer of broken relationship. Not, not, not make it worse, but to repair it, to mend it. We are called to repair that which is broken. And how many of us, you know, in that situation, we have, you know, the broken relationship that we live with for years and years and years. And, you know, resentful anger built up in our lives towards that person or towards that situation. Yeah, maybe it is somebody intentionally hurt you. Maybe it is somebody unintentionally did that. But no matter what it is, I always say this to people, you must release the offender from your life. Please don't let the offender continue to offend you. Release that person from your life. And so many different ways you can do that. If you, I'm not saying that you have to go and to that person and, and be the best friend. Sometimes, you know, you may not even have to go to that person. Sometimes you may have to write a letter and then you have to throw it away. Or sometimes you may have to use an empty chair and talk to that person. And it's important that we release the offender from our lives. You know, I've been with people and i talk talked to people. Some people keep these things for years in their life. Years. And they just continue to be deteriorated in their life. And when you release the offender from your life, my friends, the peace of God comes into your life. Don't keep any offender in your life, please. They will continue to hurt you. That's what has happened. So, God wants us to be known as peacemakers and not troublemakers. Solomon said, there is a deceit in the hearts of those who plot evil, but joy for those who promote peace. Our hearts will be filled with joy when we seek to promote peace. I like that verse because when we cultivate the fruit of peace, the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of joy in our lives. That's, that's kind of a double blessings, isn't it? And you, and you notice that peace and joy always go together. Do you agree with that? You see a person who is, who is really you know, happy and all that, you can see that that person is also a peaceful person. But if a person who lost peace, you look at the face and you can see them, they're very, very angry and they get upset with everything. They kick the cat and then the cat will go and get the dog and, you know, I mean, bite the dog and, you know, just things, just terrible. Because, you know, they, they have lost their peace. So a person who lost the peace will not be a happy person. Do you agree with that? And, and, and some of us, you know, we, we, we put up with that. Because we go through that thing, you know. You know, we can, we can have joy and peace, both in our lives. You don't need to miss any of those things. God says, when you promote peace, when you create peace, God said, I will bring joy also in your life. What a beautiful thing that. God is always giving double blessings to us, isn't it? God is like that. Apostle Paul said in Romans 14, 19, he said, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace. Just, just circle that word. Let us make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edifications. 
God has called us to live in peace. It is both a promise and it is a command. You will experience God's peace when you put him first and center in your thoughts. And then you will have the opportunity to pass his peace along with other people. So, maybe today, some of you are going through a tough time and you have lost your peace. Maybe someone hurt you so deeply. Maybe you are going through a broken relationship. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you are struggling with a temptation in your life. Maybe you are going through an illness. I don't really know what you're going through, but I know there are people in this room could identify with all those things that I mentioned. Because we are human beings that we get hurt. We go through pain. We go through all those kind of experiences in our lives. But let me say to you this morning, I feel for you. I feel for you. And I want to pray for you. I may not be able to do anything, but I can call upon the Lord with you so that you can experience God's peace in your life. Let me say this also. Sometimes we think peace is only achieved when the problem is resolved. Let me say this to you, my friend. Problems are going to be with you for the rest of your life. I found when one problem finished, the other one is waiting to get into my life. I don't know, is that true in your life? Or is it me? Maybe I'm a problem attracting person, you know? <laughs> but it's true. You, 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 you finish one problem and another one is already just on the gate, you know, coming in. And so, you know, I found, I mean, I'm, I'm nearly 70 and I found all these years in my life I thought that I could, I could have one day or one week or, you know, without any problems in my life. But it's not. That's not going to happen. God said that's not going to happen. You're going to have problems all your life. But one beautiful thing that God said is that in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your tears, in the midst of your pain, I will give you peace. And what did he say? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. That peace is nothing like the world gives. Hey, it's not like, you know, can be cured just having a, a bottle of beer or can be cured by just going to an entertainment or watching a movie. It's something that's going to last. And that's what really gave me the peace. Not because I don't have any problems. I have lots of problems. But I found in the midst of my problem, in the midst of my pain, that I experienced the peace of God in my life. My friends, I want you to have that also. I want you to experience that peace in your life. Because that makes a huge difference in your life. I can tell you that I'm telling out of experience. When you have the peace of God, that is a different story. You are a, you are a beautiful person to live with. Asami. <laughs> Peace, 
peace that passes all understanding, Jesus said, will guard your mind and your heart. I need that in my life and you need in your life. And I'm encouraging you, I'm pleading with you today. Today is the day of decision. Just ask God to come and give you that peace in your life in the midst of your troubles, in the midst of all the problems that you're facing. That is the peace of God, you can guarantee that. Let us pray.